This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello and welcome to Orange is the New Cast, the officially unofficial podcast for Netflix's Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. And we are back uh, for this is this podcast in particular is for episodes 401, 402, 403, Work That Body For Me, Power Suit, and Don't Say Anything that uh, featured the awesome Say Anything reference homage. Right. Um, so... We are back. We didn't have time to do a proper intro podcast. Yep, we've got abbreviated coverage and abbreviated hosts covering said coverage. Yeah, the, the aggressive delivery uh, uh, negated a lot of our normal arrangements. So it's going to be Cecily and Pialani uh, joining me this year, and we're going to be alternating co-hosts. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be doing three at a time and having a special uh, finale edition for The Straggler. So yep. we can do finale slash wrap up on the last podcast. Um don't know what the release schedule is because we're kind of shotgunning it, but I'm hoping to get You'll get it when you Tuesdays get it, you Thursdays. savages. But yeah, look at the feed. Look at your choices. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the new season so far? Because I was kind of going into season, uh, honestly, with all the feverish uh, Game of Thrones stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't really anticipating it. Um, I didn't have any feelings one way or another about it. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I think it's just as... Um action-packed as normal there's all kinds of crazy things going on that would never happen in actual prison i assume yeah and for whatever reason i feel like that i'm not as willing to call bullshit on things that i don't feel like should happen in this prison anymore well i think they're putting things on the on the front lines that really deserve to be be there i mean you think back in season one and it was just piper all day every day Uh uh-huh that that wasn't as good as some of these other more interesting storylines we've gotten, like uh, like Maria Ruiz's uh-huh. backstory. Yeah, thought that was great. Yeah, and I since we don't have that relationship anymore, it was nice to see those two again. How they first fell in love, very cute. And if you're oh boy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and if you're a longtime listener to our podcast, you know that we're not the biggest Piper mm-hmm. fans. But I feel like this is where she's kind of like a C plot through most of these, and she looks like she's on a trajectory of getting her comeuppance is fairly entertaining. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what 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 were your thoughts on so far? I thought I've only watched the first three, and I'm yes. going to try to reserve it to only watching 
up it's, to where we podcast. It's a lot easier not having to, rem- to, to keep track of what we what is and isn't a spoiler when you do it that way. But I um I thought the first three episodes were really strong. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think there was a single part that was dumb. I thought that mixing the new prisoners who come from perhaps less. Uh, you know they're they're not uh, the kind of um, minimum security prisoners that we've been accustomed to, and yes. mixing some of the guards from Supermax. Yes, um, I can't remember who the big burly guy is. I'll get to his Piscatella. name. Piscatella. Piscatella, and that's the other thing. Like I'm I'm going to be struggling with these names until I get kind of back in a groove. So- I thought Piscatella was awesome. He's, you know, I guess this year's version of Porn Stash, except for he's just no nonsense. No nonsense. I mean, I haven't. Haven't seen him be even inappropriate. He's, he's just, from Max. He's 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 he's. Uh, but but I thought he was going to be brutalizing people left, right, and center. Oh, I'm no. not getting that. I'm getting that he's just very tough and professional, and he's not. He's he uh, demands order. Well, we're only three episodes in. Yes, so, true. That's true. You know, introducing a guy like that without conflict coming with it. But I reminded like my favorite moment of his is when he is introducing the new guards and their living arrangements and he's like the warden has asked me <laughs> to do an ice initiate an icebreaker procedure so you will tell me two truths and one lie and I will attempt to discern the lie. And he's getting closer and closer <laughs> to that woman's face. <laughs> it's so funny because it's doing the opposite. It is not breaking any kind of ice. No, no. Um but no, I've I've uh I thought it's a really strong opening. Um so we'll 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 see where it goes. I mean, I was at one point even starting to like Soso, which has never happened before. Right. Um I going into this, I and I don't know even if it exists out there, but we desperately tried to watch the last season on to get kind of a yeah. a quick refresher. Um but we did end up watching the the this season on. Mhm. And the trailer looks hot. Yeah. Looks scary and tense and mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see everything that happens but let's talk about what did happen these episodes yeah um so let's i'm just gonna start stuff kind of in order and we'll 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 talk about their character arcs let's talk about the man the man who is the beer can uh basis for side boob caputo uh he's the warden now and i i liked how he kind of realizes you know we 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 return to the show immediately from where we left it the girls yeah the women are still frolicking in the toxic runoff, probable toxic runoff <laughs> lake. Yes. Which didn't really become a big, like when they're all breaking out in rashes, I thought that there was going to be... I feel like something more has got to happen. I don't know, because it's been a long while now. Has it? I mean, in real time, it feels like it's been like two days. What do you think about Caputo's... I mean, yeah, you, you could be right, but I'm saying, like, if there's going to be a mass out, uh, outbreak of uh, rashes, there's been at least, we've been through at least three nights, because that's how many nights that Red's put up at the Snorer. Okay, you're so right. So I was like, I don't, I feel like if it's if it's going to be a mass run on Coochie Cream or whatever, uh, you would have had that by now. But what do you think about Caputo and his arc and some of the interactions, especially the one I want to talk about is the one where he meets uh, Donaldson, who was... Uh, oh, Yeah. Uh, he was the inspiration for uh, Admiral Admiral Rod, Rod Cocker. Cocker. Yeah, uh, and he was. They run into him at like an Applebee's or at a I very, yeah Olive I, Garden class establishment. Right, he's just a busboy. Uh, up front, I just want to say that yet again we got another uh, a couple of scenes of Caputo just being an absolute creep, but at the same time, it's okay. 
Like, for instance, he's when a, he's, he's got Maureen in his office mm-hmm. and she's just looking at what's on the screen and it happens to be porn. Mm-hmm. And when he, when they asked how he chose Tasty as his assistant, he said, "I she's the one that I'm least semi-attracted to, which tells me he's attracted to every woman that's in the prison because they're sure. all women. Um, but he's making smart choices with his creepiness. So it's not to let it affect the women around him. Yeah, we talked about it. It's like he's kind of a creep and kind of a pervert, but he re- understands this about himself and understands it's not appropriate to push this creepiness and uh, perversity onto his female uh, charges. Right. So, like, maybe he jerks off in the office. But he's not jerking off on to uh, an inmate. <laughs> no, so no. Or having sex, like, you uh, know. Having sex or just being, yeah. Yeah, he's not porn stashing it. Uh fairly self-aware guy let's talk about this thing with donna because i i thought it was interesting how at first caputo felt sorry for him tried to give him the 20 dollars, and then donaldson comes storming out and says well it seems like linda talked him into the reasons not to feel guilty first yeah which but that's what i'm trying to get at like so he gives the he gives he said look i don't want you you know you left us all high and dry o'neill had a uh, a kidney stone, I think, mm-hmm. and he didn't have insurance, so he put off putting it treated, and now he's got a burst, I think, k- kidney or something like that, and he might die, and Caputo's, like, you know, exorbiting all these shots, and then Caputo says, well, you know, and you know what, you on the worst day in prison history, when the inmates were out and we're getting a flood of new inmates... You know, you guys didn't answer the bell, mm-hmm. and it's been hell. And I'm, and I was going to make you like head CO or right. whatever the captain of the guard. Yeah, yeah. What uh, Piscatella is now. Yeah, the uh, Castilian, if you will. Uh, <laughs> I will. But yeah, I was going to make you that. But I'm glad that I found that that you were kind of unreliable. I'm, I'm glad you you spared me. Or I'm glad I dodged that bullet. Um, it's one of those situations where. I'm not sure how to feel because everything that Donaldson said is true and everything that uh, Caputo said is true as well. And I guess which side you come down on is whether you think Caputo could really effectively lobby for these people to have more pay and benefits. Because judging from the corporate scenes that I've seen so far of him participating in, I don't think that's the case at all. I think that he would have been co-opted by this system and their attaboys and brownie points and expensive suits and uh, hot middle-aged executives, and he would have been less and less engaged with the workers. I don't think that's true. I mean, Caputo was almost already happened. He right because they walked out, but Caputo did help them unionize, right? Sure. And so he is—he's a fan of the little man, and he wants to help them out. But now that he's warden, who knows where, what he could have done with that power if they had all stuck around? I wish no, Donaldson had thrown that, that into his face. Like you helped us organize. You're the one that talked us into doing the oh, thing. Yeah. Man, can you imagine what Linda would have done with that information? Ooh. He could have gotten in some serious trouble. Well, yeah. Who knows? But I thought that would have. I felt like that. They let Caputo do that thing where Donaldson was made speechless, and I don't know that that's exactly how that... Or maybe it was. Maybe Donaldson's like, well, I'm, I'm classier than this. I'm not going to be the guy who's going to argue, you know, with a customer. Right. And, and also, this... I do need that 20 bucks. 
Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what to think about Caputo because he does seem successful. There's interesting um, to replace these CEOs. Apparently, they want to get veterans, which started out like a a solid like seems like a suggestion. Like, hey, yeah, let's let's get jobs for veterans and you know uh, whatnot. And then it turns into like, well, it's a pure profit motive. Oh yeah, we can get a couple thousand dollars in grants if we take these and more and if they're in wheelchairs and crutches. A... Yeah. Which, you know, of course he tries to point that that might negatively affect their job performance. Right. And how's them on campus? I mean, they're in a roll. Yeah. Um, the other thing about Caputo in these episodes is he gets Tasty to be his assistant. Yep. So we're gonna be seeing, I assume, a lot more inmates doing other regular jobs. Well, I just, or just more inmates cleaning porta pots because that's the worst thing ever. And I love, I love, oh god, the fact that they're easing this overcrowding burden with porta pots like is just indicative. And I, there's also like all these funny things happening in the margins where Tasty's like, oh, for Christ's sake, I'm gonna clean porta pots, and and uh, Suzanne's like, yes, because yeah. she loves the clean. Apparently, really disgusting, gross things. Yeah. Maybe cleaning just, like, all the smooth plastic is, is going to be soothing to her. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, I I hope that, like, and I love the Shawshank reference. Yeah. When she's like, look, you know, I don't want to be getting up in your social security number and knowing your taxes and then end up half an night. I ain't going to crawl through a river of shit to get out of this place. What else do we want to talk about with Caputo? That's about all I've got. Maybe some other stuff will come up in it. I want to talk about the theme about overcrowding in general because... Okay. You know, like I've, I've I've considered myself fairly informed about what's going on in privatized prisons and their awfulness and whatnot. But I felt like that this is doing a good job of showing um, that you know it's not overcrowding is not just like a nuisance. Like oh my god, these guys are going to have to share spaces and oh, they're going to have to bunk bunk beds yeah. and all that. It's it's not like a you know Girl Scout camp type complaint. It's this is date putting people on top of each other. And putting in stressful positions and changing the dynamics of the groups and whatnot is dangerous. And we're seeing this where, you know, you've got this influx of maybe a more dangerous type of prisoner that they've actually got more violent. Because uh, it seems like the only really violent offenders at this prison are the old women who have been put into the minimum security because they're just considered in. no longer able to be a threat. Although, you know, the one that I call the pirate lady who's got the squid tattoo in her chest, yeah. she does seem like she's still dangerous. She absolutely is. She was ready to cut up a body without any prompting. Right. But they, I, they probably didn't even need to ask her to help, and she would have. Yeah, I thought there was, a, you know, there's the overcrowding um, versus, as uh, Big Boo said, a mandala of pussy. Um, but you've also got all the, you know, the bathroom fights and the fact that, you know, Red has to get up at three o'clock in the morning instead of four thirty to cook for everybody. Down the stairs. And they're running out of toast and yeah, there's not enough there's already not enough COs and now there's twice as many prisoners, so you've got places where women are able to jump other women. Like for the first time, like I've always joked like, Oh, you know, I wonder when this show's gonna start coming becoming Oz. But this season feels like it's the one you know, I know we had the season before last where V right. kind of took over and instituted some violence and beat yeah. the shit out of Pusey. Well, no, actually, she had uh, Suzanne beat the shit out of Pusey. But I thought it's interesting that we've got a CO, a fake CO, uh, murdered, chopped up in little pieces and planted in the garden. Great way we've, to kill a body. We've had women, er, multiple women getting beat down. Yeah. it's uh, Litchfield is getting to be a scarier place for these women. 
Yeah, that absolutely is. Uh, do we want to talk about, since we're talking about chopping up people, uh, Lolly and Alex's storyline? Yes. Because this is interesting. You've got, like, it's essentially the telltale heart only with a person who's got mental problems. Right. It's just the worst accomplice ever. Um, and you're right. I forget her name, but, but Squid Tattoo Pirate Lady uh, <laughs> suggests that they kill Lolly because she just can't keep it together. And now there's drones flying around. Which I think we're going to find out those drones are a cost-saving measure to in- expand the policing without actually having more COs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But That's what Lolly, I got, But for Lolly, this is like, you know... The NSA is after you. This is definitive th- proof in her mind. This is proof of the end times as far as she's You just concerned. killed a guy, now there's a drone? What right. a coincidence. And it seems like it's fixated on me, yeah. and she's already paranoid, and... So, yeah, she's going to either snap or they're going to have to kill her, right? Well, it's funny because any other season, I would have thought that that was kind of like a a, a joke. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to kill her, but I don't know. And they like, play it as a joke, too. But I also think there's enough truth to that that... that and, and they've got... Like, that's the other thing. is like it's the, the thing that blends in here is, uh, you know, Miss King's involvement in the garden. And like, oh, what's going to happen when they, when they dig up those plants when it comes time to harvest and there's a few, fucking human skull? Oh, you don't dig up the entire plant. I know, but I'm saying like next year, if you when they're tilling, someone. Well, how long would, does it take to dispose in the ground or, or decompose in the ground? I feel like skulls can hang around for years. Did they put the skull in there? Because I know, like I remember, there was this thing of like. Um, well, they, by that time, who they planted this big elm tree over like a war, like a civil war yeah. field or something, and they blew over like 150 years later, and there were still like skulls and bones in the root systems and stuff where these soldiers had died. Yeah, I'm I just mean, saying the, like a, a, a bone can last a good long while. Okay, let's okay, so let's say that happens. Who cares? Nobody's going to be able to trace that back to anybody. Well, but it's, it's been a year and it's just bones. Yeah, and, and I guess that's the thing. And I, he's an anon- anonymous hitman. Well, that's the thing is, I thought last year that he had actually gotten into the prison, like he'd actually filled out paperwork and gotten hired. And but it seems the way they're presenting but it. Still, is he that, shouldn't have but, any connection to Alex if he's. I know, but I'm saying like. It seems like this year they've made it a point to where he's just snuck in with a uniform and a fake badge and took advantage of the chaos because they don't have any... They're not looking for a missing guard, which was... The first few episodes, I was like, I wonder when they're going to figure out that there's a guard that's missing and they're going to turn everything upside down. Or is the overcrowding just so bad that no one's had time to notice? But my where I was going is if someone finds this skull, even though they can't pin it to anyone, I think that's going to have a repercussion on the prison ecosystem. Like someone got killed, we'll be able to forensically determine about where. We can probably pull the dental records and find out this guy is some drug cartel assassin because I'm sure he's wanted for something. There's there's Interpol, and like that will. I don't know. Maybe turn Litchfield from minimum to max. I, I I don't know where they're. I don't know what direction they're actually trying to steer this story into. I didn't think they thought that far ahead. Well, probably not, but that's not stopping me from doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what else do we want to talk about with Alex and Lolly? I feel like that's... I mean, is, Alex, Alex and Piper a, really haven't had much to do with anything. Yeah, Alex has a cell phone now. Yep. So there's that thing. That's the other thing. Is she like, lost her keys in the trade. Here's the other thing is there's no way that her former drug dealer boss is going to forget about her because eventually they'll find he'll find out that this guy's going missing. Right. 
and Alex is still alive, and, and there'll be she, another. Uh, he did send, or they did send pictures of her looking dead and her tits. Sure. So I would think that that was pretty good proof that he did the thing because who would be stupid enough to do that? I agree, but right? then when this guy doesn't show up ever again and never answers his phone again, well, or who knows what he did after he left the prison. Well, but don't you think they're going to... I mean, I thought this guy was... I mean, she knew... Alex knew this guy. This was their regular hitman. Did she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made they established that he had showed up to kill the uh, her other associate right in front of her before. Oh. I thought it was the same guy. I might be I wrong, but I'm pretty sure that it is, and I feel like that's another... Like, she's worried about the present, but they haven't even voiced a concern of, like, this isn't probably the last time that I'm going to have to do something like this, or... What is you know I'm I've I bought myself time but it's not it doesn't seem like it's a permanent solution maybe it's intended to be I don't know. Um, but that's all I have on them. What do you? Uh, you want to talk about Suzanne and Marine because honestly I was Morning. so yeah. kind of uh, excited about their relationship. Yeah, last last episode they had Maureen opening up uh, Suzanne to the idea of having a relationship and letting someone in and yeah. it was very sweet and then they just dashed it away immediately. Yeah, because... is, that, is that what Kelly referred to last year as a character assassination? Or is that the word for it? Well, I don't know because I, I, it's essentially Jinji Cohen's uh, thing where she makes someone to be the worst and then she redeems them and then they're the worst again. And it's and, happening to almost every one of these people. And, I've and seen. like after a couple of seasons, you never know. Like, how do I feel about this person? Because on the one hand, they did this, this, and this, but on the other hand, they also did this, this, and this. Like, it's a pretty accurate depiction of real human beings. Well. I don't know because most people I think are much more even keeled middle of the road. They don't, they haven't murdered anybody, but also run an orphanage. You know, it's like, that's, well, I mean, sure. Outside of a prison. Yeah. That's the thing. Put in a prison at almost like maybe she's fumbled in or she stumbled into a storytelling device that that stuff kind of makes sense. Like, yes, this yeah, person could like be for this in a prison and also on the show weeds where you're just dealing with a bunch of drug dealers. That yeah. same sort of formula works. Okay. So, um, what were we talking about? Susan and Maureen. Susanna and Maureen, rather. Um, I don't know how I felt, because I guess I was more excited for Suzanne to try to get a unconventional but healthy relationship going with someone, rather than having, you know, kind of a one-sided, unrequited love or being nakedly taken advantage of. But she fell in, you know, she she started a fall for someone who has got really severe mental problems. Right, and she's done something really bad. From mm-hmm. the way Joe Caputo looked at her That's file. That's the other thing. What are we going to do about Maureen? And he kind of raises her eyebrows, uh, his eyebrows about whatever her record is. And they're not going to tell us. No. So what the fuck is going on with her? Yeah. Seems like Genji Cohen may have figured out something better for either Suzanne or Maureen this year. But it, we're going to get more. Okay. Do you, uh, I want to talk about Morello and her wedding to the man child, uh, and how kind of like, I've always liked her, even though she's clearly a nutter. Oh yeah. But and that's the thing, like, I know it's like, it's, that's, that's the interesting thing because like, I really liked her last season and I like her love affair with the pin pal, but then she also got, uh, them to just beat the shit out of her poor, the real victim, Christopher, Christopher. Uh, now she's in love with this guy, and they're having hot phone sex. He turned out that he's living with his mom, and I th- and I think sleeping in the same room with his little brother. So that's not even actually working that well. Yeah, 
I especially liked the part where um, she's trying to get everyone jazzed and jealous about the fact that she's married and she had sex with a man. And there's been so much turmoil and the thing with the lake and the thing with, uh, you know, um, Alex doesn't want to doesn't want to give a shit because she's murdered a dude and then cut him up. Um, I also think that there's which we didn't talk about the fact it was kind of a double murder. Wallace came and stumped him, but and then I'm like, this guy's not going to be dead. He's still going to be alive, and she had to re-kill him. Yeah, yeah. We were expecting him to just be completely gone when she came back at night. But it was kind of a Saving Private Ryan style, like look right into his eyes while you're strangling him. Spoiler alert. Well, if you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan yet, I haven't. Oh, I don't think you take it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so yeah, yeah, the, the double murder. But yeah, the the fact that Morello's trying to get everybody kind of jealous or excited, and it's well, her day, and no is, one wants to talk about it when it's her day, and she's I think everyone to take... just is jealous, and I think that they have a lot of fun just putting her on, uh, pretending not to be interested. Because when someone does actually rain on her parade, she gets all the sympathies. Hmm. Uh, so I don't know how to feel about her character. Then they do this like super uncomfortable but very funny. Uh, no hands, no touching. What do you call that? Table sex. Visitation sex. Visitation sex, yeah. Yeah, and the guard doesn't even know how to stop it, or I don't even think it occurs to him to stop it because he's enjoying watching. Yeah. There's children in the room. But that's the it's thing. So like, funny. if it wasn't for the fact that the kids were in the room, I guess I wouldn't care that much. Right. But, like, oh, man, I, it's, it's gross. It's gross. Yeah. So he comes in his pants, and she probably comes in her pants, and I guess they can keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, can they get, uh, can they just get conjugals up in this piece? I, I know they got it the one so. time, but I, I, I mean, when it's in minimum security, I'm pretty sure you just have like short ish sentences, Huh? but they do have some of these people are put away for a long time though. They do have trailers for conjugals, right? I, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm sure someone will give us a scoop on that, but I know that some prisons do and some of them don't and. I don't know how this one how this one goes. It it does seem like it is, you know. I don't know how long Morello's sentence is, but it does seem like it'd be very hard to get married while you're in prison and then remain chaste to your your mate for five years and not be able to. Is that how long she has left? I don't know. I'm just throwing that as an example. I remember. Oh yeah, no. I, I mean, remember the girls were talking about the years that she had left and like whether you think because she's going on about oh I think it's so sweet that I've got his penis locked down and like a oh uh, yeah but like and the girls were like I don't know you're in here for a couple of years like you don't think that he's gonna want to keep his salami warm in some other person's bun or whatever <laughs> I I can't remember whatever the, you do with salami the euphemism yeah 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 something. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I also like, because there's a lot of this table talking scenes where they're all in the lunchroom. I like the fact that Soso's kind of uh, settled with the, uh, the, the, the black, the black women. Yeah. And <laughs> that, who was trying to instigate the race war? Oh, it was, uh, God, what's her name? Poofy hair. Yeah. Uh, black Cindy. <laughs> black Cindy. Who is now yes. completely mazel tov, And she's like squared off with the one Muslim they've got in the, pr- the prison too. But I, I thought that was pretty funny how that they were, <laughs> you know, she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Did I trigger you? What? <laughs> and tried to, and what was it? The ta- so was it tasty? Said, I'm just bored. I'd like to see a race war or something like that. No, no, no. Black Cindy. Said oh, she's that. the one. Okay. Yeah. Who was the one getting all pissed about it? Oh, then? It, was the the, track, it was the runner. Yeah. The runner. Um, yeah. So that's, 
that's kind of funny and interesting. Um, Hilarious. What else do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about, um, I guess, talk about uh, Piper's plotline? How she's wants everyone to know how badass she is for sending the kangaroo lady to Max. Well, I feel like a few people have given her the idea that she's a badass. Well, because that I, that was a really cold thing that she did. But she also did it's straight up snitching, right? I mean, it's a combination of like pl- planting. I don't think so. Huh. I mean, that's not planting evidence and getting her thrown in. Max I guess that's is not true. a snitch thing to do. Yeah, it's yeah. just a dick thing to do. Yeah, I guess it's true. And I don't think that that kind of behavior gets you more friends. It just gets distance from everyone else. Yeah, because they don't want shit planted on them eventually. But Piper's got this reputation for being cold like a bomb pop from way back in the freezer amongst <laughs> the Litchfield minimum security women. Yeah. But it seems like the more uh, violent and dangerous offenders don't give a shit. And they're like calling, like you know. Who? Huh? Like who? Uh, violent offenders don't give a shit. Like uh, the Dominican women that have essentially started moving in on her panty turf. Oh, is that what they're doing? Well, I mean, I just felt like that there was that was shown like when the new women were all like kind of locked up in a cage and the old women are, uh, you know, the the previous season's women are kind of milling about in the cafeteria and Flocka goes over and she's like, oh, I see you got a teardrop in your eye. And Flocka's like, well, that's this makeup. Goes, well, mine's not. And I got three of them. I killed three people and I got I got put sent up on WIC fraud, which... I guess if she really got in, in, in jail for wick fraud, then I don't know that they, she's considered a violent offender, but she says she's killed three people, and that's one of the women that's at the core of the Dominican gang now. Yeah. So, like, and then, you know, that's the thing. Like, Piper is so self-conscious about being this godfather figure, and she's, like, posing and posturing, and she got this, you know, the quote-unquote well, heavy, the Samoan girl. Well, here's what confused me, is that these Dominican women are throwing in with, like, Flocka and um, Gloria and all the women that we've already known before. Are they? And Maria. Because it seems like... But it, Maria brought Piper a crop of new women to get in on the panty game. Yeah. So that's what confused me, is, like, they're throwing in with them... She's following Piper around for some reason, but well, it feels like it's the Dominicans that are organized, you know, kind of organizing the crime in the prison, and the rest of the Latinas are kind of that 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 rising tide's making their boat float higher too. But there's not, oh, yeah, there is some internal conflict. Yeah, in the kitchen and that, and that I thought that was pretty funny too. How the fact it's like you know everyone treats us like we're one kind of unit, but we all know that like Puerto Ricans talk shit about Dominicans and. Dominicans talk shit about Haitians, and, and talk everyone about... talks shit about Cubans, and like it's all these different stereotypes, even amongst their own people. Right, right. And I, and I see that's the thing. Like I don't get. I'd have to talk to my my buddy Daniel, but I don't get a lot of his references, like about the whole block smelling like vapor rub. Like, is that something Dominicans do? Like, <laughs> grease up with vapor rub all over the place? I don't know. I don't either. Like, this is all new. Like, oh, racist stereotypes. I'm not even aware of. Uh... <laughs> I think she was just saying they were out of vapor rub in the commissary. But that's 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 mean something though, right? That has got to be some kind of stereotype that we're not familiar with. Or else why would the they didn't por- say those explicitly the Puerto- who was buying all the no, vapor no, rub. but in context it was the two Puerto Ricans bitching about it, uh, the Dominicans, right? Because uh, it seems like Dea and her mother are Puerto Ricans, right? So. And then you've got the Mexican lady. It's like, it's, it's, I thought that was some of the entertaining things, just them talking about. She goes, Are you being racist? Goes, no, she's not racist. She's just saying racist things. 
<laughs> which that's pretty funny is uh and there's also a lot of interesting things like uh some of the the black women were of the opinion that they can't be racist and was it tasty that says or was it black sinny that said no just because we don't have the power to affect their racism and mm-hmm. round up white folk and put them in the ghettos and doesn't mean that we don't are not capable of being racist because this is america right you know it's like uh it's it's all in the game yo <laughs> Uh, I have written cabins and dog dying. I don't know why. Cabins and dog dying. Yeah, there was no dog that died in this episode. No, no, no. literal dog dying. They went out. Caputo and the other guard guy went out to find Maureen, Uh and he said, "My father is a dog dyer, and he just dyes animals to look like other animals." Yes, yes. Okay. All right. All right. I now understand it. Uh, The other thing that happened in these early episodes is Judy King is a thing. Judy and King's here. She's got her own room and So she's like a Paula Dean plus um Martha Stewart kind of blend. Right. Because it seems like her show is more of an aspirational living kind of thing. Like uh I thought her show was just like a southern cooking bring on the butter type of thing. I thought the crime yeah, but was they a talked Martha about Stewart. having those like relaxation chambers, like different so I, I I kinda thought it was a little bit of a blend because I don't know. That was just... And, and the fact that she's in there for, like, stock fraud. Okay. Which is... Uh, so it's like it's got the Paula Deen sensibility and character with the kind of ice queen, financial fraud, aspira- you know, eff- eff- mm. eff- uh, affluential aspiration kind of living thing of Martha Stewart. Right. But I like her character and I like what she's doing to the inmates because she is not asking for special treatment. In fact, it seems like in the first episode she was talking to her lover, her paramour... Uh, that like you know I'm cool with whatever and like I thought she was going to bunk up with the black women and then when Caputo oh, and yeah. Healy came Puse's and like oh dream almost came true but she couldn't speak out for herself yeah and she's the only and that's that's an inch, that was a funny thing of her uh, plot which we'll get to here in a minute when we talk mm-hmm. about her and so so uh, but I like the fact because I'm not sure how to feel about her because she's not asking for these special privileges this is the administration wanting to thread the needle between the public wanting to see her do hard time. And the fact that she is, even if she's not asking for it, if she says the wrong thing to the wrong person, they could very, they could all be in hot water. She so. did. She did specifically request a non-threatening white roommate. Well, no, she didn't. When well, Healy, she didn't deny it later when thi- she was accused of it. Well, when Healy was, it, she's, it, she said, "Well, if you're going to ask, I would like someone clean this that." And so it's like kind of her theme is like, I know, I never expect, but I'm never. I'll always accept this preferential treatment. Right. And that's interesting. And how Yoga Jones is kind of resisting being on the 1%. What? Can she say no? Probably not. I mean, maybe. I think she can say no. But that, do you think Judy's right? And at some level that she likes the fact that now she's got a somewhat private room with a person who's, you know, clean and friendly and is not going to get, you know... Well, sure, but she's Not also got, she's also a very principled woman. She is until she gets offered herbal tea. She is. <laughs> um, what was the the? Um, I also like the fact that they mentioned that they also sprinkle these like uh, freakonomic facts in here. Um, last year was the about the you know when when abortion became legal in the United States, like the the crime. And successive generations noticeably dropped off because instead of women being forced to carry children to they don't want to term and mm-hmm. all the ensuing problems of that, you just have an entire generation of criminals who were never born. 
this are talking about the effects of lead paint, which is another Freakonomics. Like that, there's like a lot of evidence that shows that when we cracked down on lead in the environment and got that out of the drinking water, yeah. crime rates plummet because it inhibits children's like be, uh, behavioral control and their ability to absorb new information. And it's also scary because guess what's in the news now? The fact that in many, many, many of our communities, we got lead in the water again. Right. Uh, for because a bunch of people took the eye off the fucking ball and this rake. Uh, so we stuff. got a bunch more criminals coming. It's possible. Like we're cracking down on abortion and we're putting lead in the water in this country. So <sighs> yeehaw. Who wins? Uh, privatized prisons. Okay, I think is the theme. Uh, but yeah, what else do we want to talk about? I guess it's we should talk about. Uh, Pusey and Soso? Um, yeah, just real quick while I we're about, in between things. Yeah. Um, I want to mention that Gloria is campaigning to get Sophia out of Max. Her guilt is mm. really eating at her. So she yeah. let her son know to let Benny know to l- so that... Well, Benny's her son to let Michael know to let her oh, mo- his mom right. know that this is going on to Sophia. So she shows up and she's been harassing Caputo. So. Right. That's the thing is like I don't see I I can't get a good handle on Caputo because he does seem like he tries to do the right thing, but this thing with Sophia, she's just get being left to rot in the hole while he's trying on new suits. Have and... we even seen her yet? No, we haven't. No, we haven't. In the first three episodes. No Sophia. Uh, she's just mentioned the fact that she's still in the hole and she's been in there for at least three or four days, like we just you know talked about in the yeah. uh, beginning of the podcast. Um, so we're going to talk about Soso and Pusey. Okay. Which is interesting because I thought that they were a cute couple and I feel like that I've always been annoyed by Soso. She doesn't feel like a real person to me. She's still pretty frustrating and annoying. That's the thing. Like they've added this dimension to where she's such a people pleaser that she, you know, like she had that relevatory experience with the person that's a sex offender. And, you know, I thought they're going to make it's like, you know, well, he... Uh, is like a statutory rape deal. He was 18. He was a senior in high school, and he had sex with his, you know, uh, junior girlfriend. Right. And his parents press charge. It was worse than that. He was just having sex in the, on an abandoned beach with his girlfriend, two consenting adults. Now he's a sex offender. And yeah. Uh, they they were talking about, you know, they made a little point about how the sex offender registration, everyone, because it's for pedophiles and to uh, to make sure that women and children in the community are safe and are aware of the people that are sex offenders in the community but right. because that is such a broad class of crime which seems like it needs to be fix- fixed legislatively you've got people who peed in an alley outside of a bar that was 500 feet from a uh, school playground and now they are treated just like a person who pulled their pants down in front of children right you got these people having sex in public or if like you know at three o'clock in the morning they're having sex in a park in their car yeah i mean that's the kind of people and and they're treated just like a child molester which mm-hmm. yeah, that's a separate topic for discussion about like what you know what what do we do as far as rehabilitating helping these people but man that seems like a sh- fucked up shitty situation i don't know absolutely I don't know how you go on and live in your life in a in a free just society when that stuff is happening to you. Because you're gonna try, you got to knock on your neighbor's doors and tell them <laughs> I'm a registered sex offender, no matter where you move to. Like, people aren't going to be get to like, okay, well, tell me your story. Tell me your. It's going to be like, oh, thanks for letting me know. Slam, lock, 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 slide chain. Like they're 
you know. Right. You don't ask and you don't volunteer the story. So how do you sure. ever know unless you get to know a person? And how are you going to are you going to get to know the the guy who won't meet you? And that's the thing is like it's going to change your personality. Like, are you going to be smile at people? Are you going to meet their gaze? Are you going to act like a whip dog that society is treating you? But this is all the state that so so after having this experience goes back to her. You know, they're what I forget exactly what caused. Oh, they're protesting a Walmart in the community. Yeah, and this guy's like, uh, you want to put a park here? I can't live within you know, a several block radius of a park. So you're essentially wanting me to sign this, this uh, proposal to evict myself. Right. And he cynically says, well, it's not like Walmart's going to lose. So he signs it, but she comes bouncing back and, and giving this trumped up story so she can fit in and be accepted in this group. Right. Um, and then she does the same thing where she makes up this outrageous stories about Poussey. And I thought, and you know the thing about it is, is that I don't think she made it up so much. Is the she assumption. just assumed that because she was black, that was the truth, and that's the universal experience for black women in jail. Right, and and that's the thing. Like she's coming from this, um, you know. I mean, she's not white; she's Asian, but she's coming from this thing where she's so politically correct, mm-hmm. and she's so like you know, it's like oh, I just watched The Wire and made assumptions. That's like that stings a little bit because I feel like that a lot of middle class people can make that same statement. Like they try to be aware and understanding about race, but it allows you to, um, you know, paint people with an overbroad brush. And now Poussey who, cause that's when I, when she was saying that I'm like, wait, this, this isn't Poussey. Poussey's dad was in Germany and he was right. like a, uh, 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 he was a military officer and he right. probably made decent money and she had yeah. structure and education and she spoke multiple languages. Like I was protesting as, as, as so-so as selling this shit to, uh, Miss King. Yep. So, I mean, I think that's an important lesson for Judy King to learn or understand. But I why? mean, clearly that, that spoke to her and appealed to her because she ended up inviting Poussey to come sit at her table and talk with her. But not because she's just a human being who's a star, you know, who's starstruck. It's like, oh, well, she's just, she just doesn't know how to act because she's black and poor and right. from a criminal element, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, I don't know what Judy King takes away from this experience because she was just sold a bad bill of goods. She didn't seem to be bothered by it. Well, I wouldn't be either. When Poussey was like, well, that's not my family. That's not the truth. And Judy she King says, I'm seems just, like, I don't know. I'm just telling you what my, your girlfriend told me. So that's, that's kind of how I would play it, too. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I made all these assumptions based on what your girl, your intimate partner told me about you. Right. Um, I don't and think this is she li- didn't seem very upset that she was lied to either. Well, I, would, I don't think Judy cared one way or another. She was it trying to be nice. It makes her look like a privileged asshole. I mean, which she absolutely is. I'm say, just saying, like... Do you think she's like, afraid of looking like that? I feel like she's I would very... be when I'm in a prison and someone sells me the story about a black woman, just assuming that she's got this kind of background. I wonder if they'll do anything, because maybe that'll make her a little bit less... I, I wonder if they're going to steer this to where she leans into the celebrity thing and, like, starts wanting more and more privileges, or if it's going to be that she kind of walks that line between... You know, being famous and being kind of pampered, but she never takes it too far. I don't really know where they're going with it, honestly. Not this isn't a complaint; it's just me saying I, I don't. I could see what you're saying, but I, I think it's already been gone to there with, and the kitchen's <laughs> being remodeled. <laughs> I mean, the story already played itself out. That that was a moment for Soso and Poussey to really fully understand. But I thought each you were other. asking a question about what is this going to do to King going forward, and I'm like, no, I, don't know. I didn't ask that. 
Oh, okay. Well, it's all recorded, so if you're a liar, I want a lot of people feedbacking and calling you out. Okay. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, what about he? Okay, can we talk about Healy's new look and this whole boss dog bullshit and his little necklace he's got going and his shirt that's unbuttoned, maybe a button too much? Yeah, and he's his, always been that much of an asshole. His stonewashed jeans. Like, can we talk about what? Well, yeah, different? but I don't. He's acting a little cockier. I don't think so. I mean, yeah, he's. It's I don't been know, exactly. The worst. It's been exactly one day, so I don't really think a change look, has taken place. You made the comment when we were watching it, like, "Look how disgusting he looks." Well, with his he's ch- wearing with his... more necklaces than I was that, aware he wore. That's what I was trying to get at. I don't think there was a change. I just noticed he was wearing more necklaces than I thought he wore. Well, ever since he agreed to give his Russian bride a separation, divorce, whatever, I can't exactly remember the details. It does seem like he's a bit more, and he had that flirtation with. Red, who, you know, she thought that they, I guess, had an understanding, but he's made it very clear that he doesn't, like, he's trying, he's back to trying to punish her. Yeah. He's using his power and, and abuse therefore, thereof. And I, part of it is like, this is shit rolling downhill because he doesn't want to be given Judy King preferential treatment. Uh, he's got 80 new prisoners to process and his role as guidance counselor and all that stuff and getting them squared away. Yeah. And the Caputo comes and says, I don't give a shit. This is the number one thing. I mean, he doesn't want that either. But, you know, it does seem like he's doing some of this stuff with Miss King to piss off Red and to take her down a peg. And You think so? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because Red says, like, I don't like this. And he says, oh, well. well. I mean, I, I, I was expecting if he was going to get back at Red directly, he would you know give her kitchen duty she is a famous chef after all well don't you think that's probably coming i thought that they were going to pair up red and judy in the same room that would have been interesting well it's going to because like man i yoga Jones we happened to freeze frame it. when they first met when Ju- like healy was uh giving her a tour of the garden and healy's doing that well maybe we should fertilize our women like ugh. Uh. Um, that's, that's some, that is some genteel breeding that, uh, Judy King did immediately projectile vomit all over his shoes when yeah. he said that. Yeah. Um, but we, I happened to freeze frame cause we, you were getting up to refresh your drink or something. And the look that she was shooting at red was like, she had a smile plastic on her face, but her eyes were like dead serious. And I'm like, oh, they are really going to have some kind of, uh, show, uh, face off this, 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 this year, this summer. Red and yeah. Judy King. Red yeah. the rampaging Red the rampaging Russian, Russian. Reznikov <laughs> versus Judy the King King. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I, it seems like that that would be the next evolution to just go ahead and put them, have them square off over the yeah. lunch arrangement. She's she's taking over the garden, and uh, it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy. Life maybe life is all crazy, but at least you can get snacks. Uh, do you want to talk about Day and Die and her mom? Because I still think her mom is the worst. Her mom and is the worst. This she's led the situation where Caesar, uh, she she instead of having uh, a solid backup Mary plan Sternberger you... uh, take over whatever uh, and buy her a bunch of wood toy yuppie bullshit stuff, uh, she swooped in there and made sure she was put with her people. Caesar immediately got arrested, and now he's going away for it seemed like a long time on this conspiracy a charge. Long time. And now they're working with caseworkers, and they got strangers, and their kid is who knows where. And once again, Daya has to comfort her own goddamn mother and pull her out of her spiral. Daya is the one who was wrong and needs comfort, but she is now being the mother to her own mother. Yeah. And finding her sobbing at night. I'm just let her cry. Because 
The cynical part of me says that she's also crying really loudly at night, hoping that Daya will creep over and be like, Mom, what's wrong? No. Oh, yeah. I definitely feel that way, too. It's like, get the fuck out. Do you think that we're going to see Mary Steenburgen again? Is she going to call her back and say, listen, my mom fucked me. Well, here's the thing. Like, I don't know how to feel about that either, because that shit looked like it was really broken and weird between her and Pornstash. Like... There's not a really great place for Daya Jr. to go, in my opinion. This is all a train wreck. At one point, she's about, she's almost this close to getting stomped on by SWAT team. On this other side, she might be raised by uh, a psycho rapist and his crazy mother. Like, I don't, I don't feel like there's a good solution to this, to this problem. Here's a solution: they bring back the actual father. Okay. Huh. Okay. He comes back just as suddenly as Bennett? he disappeared. Wait, wait, what is his name? Bennett, I yeah. think. The, the the soldier. Who? We never really got the entire story Never got any to sort of closure. Yeah. Or understanding. Maybe I should research it on the internet. So well, I thought that like the, the actor wanted out, and that's why they wrote him out. It wasn't like a creative decision, so. Okay. Who knows? That one... Uh, uh, Allison Williams' boyfriend memorably came back on Girls this season after a similar falling out creatively. So who knows? Maybe maybe he will come back. Yeah, that was uh, just a one episode thing. It's he's not back. Oh really? So I mean, if we get a one off episode where we get some closure, then sure. That might be nice. That might be nice. Um, let's see what else we want to talk uh, about. Red's got a snoring problem that wo- she's she's uh, dealt with. A woman with a, a no- abnormally large uvula. I love because it's funny. There's nothing. I was like, I felt like there's this just really strange synchronicity because as I was saying, like, wait a second, this isn't Pusey's backstory. That immediately became relevant, and I was also saying, I don't know why they don't try sewing a pouch on the back of their shirt and putting a tennis ball in there because that's what my mom tried to do with my dad because my dad is a inhuman snorer. Right. Like when I have to share every once in a while, like when we go on a long uh, motorcycle trip or any time that I'm forced to spend the night in the same accommodation as my dad, it's a desperate race to get to sleep before him. Yeah. Because it's just earth shattering, sleep apnea, worst of the worst kind of snoring you can get. Yeah. Um, But in this case, like they did that and it seemed to work except for now the woman's got like facial fractures and maybe some teeth missing because she... Roll out of the bug, hit the she's ground. She broke her nose. And I yeah. like how Red's like, I should probably go with you to heck. <laughs> but, she, you know. She, she, she got her sleep that night she and doesn't. many nights after. And the other thing about Red is that she is subtly undermining Piper's power. Oh, I think she was just fucking her with her that one time. I think she's also trying to get back to being the boss, the boss bitch in the prison. Too. I don't think there's any argument between the two who is. I know, but I mean, the fact that she was saying you've got to be tough and you can't show any weakness and then people come into their bunk and right away red undermines like piper's like you can't be in i i get the bot. Sh- yeah i get what you're saying but i think that piper is a very very minor threat that she just likes to play with yeah where judy is really her focus okay is- i guess you're right that red never took her seriously she's more like just it's not undermining her power right. she's just fucking like when her. she was giving her advice on how to seem tougher she says i have to have mystique and that's what you do and she says no there's yes. no question that i have power i could break you yeah <laughs> yeah and she also has a lot of really good like uh i forget exactly like are you so, some asked her something about how dangerous she is is like ask the germans in winter time <laughs> like all these like world war ii mis- that's again her building this iron curtain yes. mystique around her yes uh i love it 
Uh, we talked about this a little bit in passing. Black Cindy and her turf war with the with the Muslim lady, yeah, uh, which feels kind of like a Gaza Strip type of situation where they're literally fighting <laughs> over demarcations and lines and who yeah. controls what. And there's a lot of political commentary that I'm not qualified to commentate on that. But yep. like, where do you? So what is, like, is that supposed to be funny? Is that going to be, like, some, another piece of social consciousness coming through? Like, I, I can't quite tell. Also, I guess I like Black Cindy, and I thought her conversion to Judaism was genuine. Right, they don't... Didn't really ground her that much, though, it seems like. No, the, these two are not taking each other seriously. I don't know, maybe they'll have some sort of alliance by the end. Yeah, it seems like this is the show's style that they're going to sp- they're going to do some Maybe Black will convert to a new religion by the end of the season. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Oh, Islam is just Judaism fulfilled." So, <laughs> yeah, I can see some, but it it does seem like in this show's wheelhouse to have them squabble and then eventually form an alliance against a larger threat or just, you know. Right, instead of bonding over the fact that you are are singularities, yes. uh, your your minorities that yes. are of a of a, a persecuted religion for the most part. Instead of finding that common ground, that's another reason to fight the person you're stuck in the situation with. Uh, so shall we talk about Maria Ruiz's backstory? Uh, who she is primarily to this point been the woman who has the adorable boyfriend who is kind of mute and the adorable um, baby. baby who was born in the first season and taken away from her. And that that's kind of like all I know about her character. And there, this is now the season where she's getting her storyline fleshed out yeah. that her father was like a like a race first dominican and ran mm-hmm. like this minor street drug gang and was all about you know propping them up with the racial identity and we see some teenage maria and how her father was kind of a creep yes around, and inappropriate around her friends and also saying you know doing all this stuff for our people, but also it seems like it's pretty cynical about lining his pockets and, you know, the fact that uh, he hates Mexicans and doesn't like them encroaching on his property. And then there's this, like, a West Side story where she falls in love with the... I don't, well, I mean, she doesn't fall in love. She's just, like, looking out. She sees this guy running down the street who throws his packet of drugs, and she goes and scoops it up and yeah. saves it for him. And then there's this, I thought, really cute scene where she goes to meet him at his boxing gym... <laughs> And she's trying to spar with him, and she ends up slapping him full in the face. Yes. And he was super pissed, but he could tell that she's so shocked. <laughs> but he was also very charmed by it. Yeah, she's like, I thought you were a boxer. You could block that. And then, you know, she's kind of a motor mouth, and he's kind of in. But, but he's I, not a talker. But they he talked about, like, why that is. And, like, I feel like other than the fact that they're both kind of drug dealers now, that's a cool, that's a pretty cute relationship. Yeah, just adorable. Love them. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, if you don't remember last season, he said, I can't come and visit you anymore. It's sh- that her daughter is getting older and it's getting confusing for her. Mm-hmm. Which tells me that Maria is going to be in jail for... Oh, she's got a while left. Because he wouldn't just stop coming to visit if she had maybe a year left. Mm-hmm. Right? He's trying to get it, make a normal life for his daughter without having to visit his mom and her mom in prison. Mm-hmm. So... That I mean, I that was just heartbreaking. Their visit scenes were always some of my favorite. Sure, especially so, when she's saying like before she thought she's going to be put away into a remote prison. Yeah, uh, like out of state prison. She's like, you've got to talk to this baby. If you don't talk to babies, they grow up weird. And the next visit, you see that he's actually talking and like doing a whole this other stuff and like yeah. really trying to be a good dad. 
yeah, I wonder if so, this is going to there's because here's the thing. This is exactly why he didn't want the daughter to know his mother, her mother, because she doesn't he doesn't want her to have these same kind of things. And now it seems like Maria is fully kind of uh, leaning into the El Jefe lifestyle. Yeah. Is this a like a self-fulfilling prophecy where he's going to have some bad feelings and wanting to get back, you know, maybe bring the daughter back around. But then she's going to get busted and put in solitary. And he's like, oh, no, I can't. I, I wonder where this is going. I mean, it's interesting yeah. just her being kind of Walter White, Walter Whiting, the prin- the, the prison. Right. Um, I don't think that he's going to have much of a storyline in the future. I think that it's much more interesting to have her become, you know, just a fully fulfilled bad person on the inside. Yeah, and it's getting, I, getting to know the relationship and how things are probably going to go wrong um, up front is night. Because I, I like the guy as the actor. Like, his eyes are amazing. Mm-hmm. He's got these big, mm-hmm. giant, Elijah Wood-esque pools in his face for eyes. And they're super expressive, which is good since he's playing a character who doesn't talk much. Right. Uh, but I miss, yeah, I missed having him like the, you know, these people are solid C to D class tier characters and now they're moving into the A list. Right. So I like it. I mean, that's the other thing about Maria is that we got her backstory that she wanted to be a dental hygienist because that seemed like very white collar and she likes to help people with their smile. And, you know, he's got plans too, but his plans clearly are probably more along the Scarface line. And this goes to show, like, the flip side of the so-so pousse thing is that this is what happens to a lot of people. They had then no one plans like I'm going to be a criminal like my dad, but things go wrong, and the you got so much you got so much opportunity to associate with that element, and that mm-hmm. does seem like a good way to get ahead. And there aren't a lot of opportunities, and that's how you get a girl who's clearly smart and you know confident and has thinks on her feet, and she ends up getting sucked into this lifestyle. Interesting. Uh, I wonder if we're going to see any more of that, or you know, we've gotten backstories before we where we don't actually find out what how they ended up in prison. You well, just get a flash of that's their backstory. That's true. To just it's sort like of 50, establish Yeah, the yeah, yeah, more. yeah. I do wonder if we're going to get the moment of where, like, you know, the cuffs get get slapped on her. I don't know. I because think you're right. We're like fifty fifty about the backstories. I mean, it's it, if they don't, then the implication is there. It was yeah. drug related. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as interesting as giving someone fake tabs and making them think that they're on acid and killing themselves. Uh, another plot line we can talk about is um, Pensatucky, Doggett. Yes. And the rapist who got his face smashed in in the car accident last year and the fact that he's with Flacca's friend, who I call Marzipan. I know that's not a real name, but... It's Marisol. Marisol, thank you. Um it's like crosswired my brain now, and uh, I promise it's not because I I'm trying to talk shit about her character. It's just like it's if after you listen to a few of my podcasts, you'll you'll get the fact that I just can't keep this shit straight. Um, so Mar Marisol, sure. What is going? So the other thing I thought was gross about this is this CEO who I can't remember the donut duck guy, uh, the the rapist. Uh, he is talking to the other CEO. And talking about Doggett as if he, she is her girlfriend on the outside. Yeah. So that, you know, obviously you can't date prisoners. Right. Because prisoners can't, as, as Red <laughs> reminded Healy, they can't give consent to relationships. Uh, I thought that was gross, too, that he's, like, acting like this is getting relationship advice to how he can woo the per- girl he raped back. And, like, why is she treating me like this? And total lack of self-awareness. Why hasn't... 
what's the deal? Why hasn't he tried anything with Marisol? Is she just a little bit more street smart? Or no, I think it's just he was he was genuinely attracted. He's to fixated the dog it. Exactly. Wants. Exactly. Okay. He's. I think he's. He's has this possessive thing with her now. And it's pretty tragic because Doggett came up to the two girls and tried to give her them a warning. And I thought they were making fun of her, but I think that they genuinely think think that, that... I think it was both things. Was it? Or they just completely insensitive about showing... They were They were making fun of her, but then just acting like she's a pathetic person, which has some sort of sympathy implied, right? But still, they were making fun of her because yeah. they're... They're those kinds of girls. But I I thought that was super... Uh, where she's like, you like ducks? And Dog is like, not anymore. I and wish that Dog it would just come out and say it. Yeah. But, you know, at the same... Yeah, she deserves warning. Yeah, she does. and But it's it's also... But she got she got out of her that it hadn't happened to her at least not yet. Yeah, and that's like it's on there like her and uh, Big Boo are on like rape watch yeah. because at one point like Marisol is like sobbing, but you find out that that's just she's just affecting and that's just her and Flocka doing their bullshit. Yeah, and they're like that fucking asshole, and then it's like oh I guess it never happened, and like Dogga points out well he's still a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, what they need to do is inform somebody that's got power to do something about it. Yes. And hopefully that this won't be buried by Caputo the way he did Bennett and, and Daya's relationship. Well, I mean, yes, that's true. But the actual rapist porn stash was, well, I guess they're all actual rapists, uh-huh. but porn stash did get the full brunt of the penalty of the law. Yeah. You get the book thrown at him. So, I, I can only assume that Caputo would try to bury it somehow or make it go away. Yeah. Because he's the new warden now, so we can't have women escaping and and all this crazy shit happening in right. his prison that he just took control of. Then it makes him seem like he's not good at his job or he's incompetent at his job. Yeah. Also, it's, it's you know, we're early on in the season, but like in this uh, second episode, Tasty finds kind of like the club fed that's going on with uh, Judy King and yeah. she's kind of like staring open jawed. So like it's going to get a matter of time before be. the general population finds out what kind of preferential treatment she and yoga Jones are getting. And I'm what's that going to do? It's taken that long because they've got the door wide open all the time. You can always see all yeah. the women streaming past. I'll, it's right out and f- the door is open in front of a, a bathroom, which has uh, to be used by a great many people. Yeah. Too many. I also like Tasty's, like, in her last moments of being a housekeeper, like, she's trying to mop, and she's like, how are you supposed to mop when there's nonstop bitches tracking through? And she, like, stared down the one, she'd closed the bathroom, and the girls yeah. are going to, like, walk across the side, and she's like, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. And backs her down, and the next episode, there's, like, half a dozen women walking past them, and Suzanne's got some choice things, too. She's like, she compares their fate to Sisyphus, also in Black Cindy, uh, the Muslim woman set up the 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 Diet Coke trap, yeah, that exploded. And Suzanne's like, "Oh, we could sleuth up the true owner and restore and the the yeah. to give the restore people's faith in humanity." And then when it blows up in Black Cindy's, Suzanne's like, we "Well, I, we could have been sleuthing." <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, we're rounding into the third episode. I'm not sure we probably talked about most of this stuff i feel like we covered pretty much all of it i've got some feedbacks in case we didn't uh sure let's talk about that then okay 
Oh, I do want to say about Tasty's description of her. She goes, if George Martin wrote about prisons, I'd be the hand of the warden. <laughs> Winter's coming, bitches. Uh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, there's some great lines, as usual. Also, like, what can we do to help um, Sophia? And uh, Benny says, well, they've got, uh, Michael's got a Kickstarter campaign. And she's like, what's that mean? He's like, nah, not a lot, usually. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um all right, anyway, yeah, you want to talk about feedback and we can uh, see what's going on here? Sure. Uh, the first one is from Nathan. He says, I love that Piper's trying to be gangsta with an A and everyone else is like, who are you? You aren't shit. Do you agree with that? I don't think I agree with that. I well, think there are some people who are giving her some respect. Again, so. the, the minimum security women, I think, were about to s- figure that Piper is... Well, this, her Samoan bodyguard, at the very least, is on the you weren't shit bandwagon, but sure. still hangs out with her anyway. Yeah, but that's like that's the thing. Like, Yeah, that, that was going... That reminded me a lot of... Uh, in the Get Shorty, how yeah. uh, the one guy... I forget the guy's name, but he had uh, Tony Soprano. What's that guy's name? Oh, James Gandolfini. James Gandolfini was his heavy, but he's just a, like a passes prime stunt guy. Yeah, and, like John Travolta was it. Anyway, yeah, uh, he she's a fake heavy. I do she doesn't like... really have. Doesn't seem like she respects Piper. Not super tough. I do like Piper and the Samoan ladies' uh, rapport. Yeah, like when they're talking about sunflower seeds. Right. <laughs> you bought Ovaltine. You reap what you sow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but then, then Piper's trying to buy people because she doesn't have money because the kangaroo lady uh, stole it all her from out. her. Yep. So she's trying to buy people's loyalty with Ovaltine. Like the, Piper's already fall. Like and she's she's already disappointed when we start the episodes that everyone was at the lake and not basking in like what a badass she was. Yeah. Like, most people just kind of miss this whole drama that was happening. Right. But anyway, let's get back to Nathan's email. Alex is slowly, oh, sorry, slowly redeeming herself the further away she gets from Piper. I don't know about redeeming herself. She's certainly murdering 100% more people than she was before. That, she- okay, it's not murder. <laughs> it's self def- it legit self-defense. Uh, at first. Later, later when you smother the guy who can't attack you anymore, that's murder. I'm still going to call it an, an accessory to self-defense. <laughs> Light murder. It's light sure, murder. Sure, it could have been self-defense when she had the bruises on her neck from being strangled if they had mm-hmm. called someone in to help them immediately. When but you, when I understand you why you it. don't. Why? I, that's, I, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if his status as a fake security guard was a corrections officer, if, if I knew for a fact what the fuck the story was on that... But the thing is, is Alex had no way of knowing whether he was there legit or whether he was there because he snuck in and taken advantage of the chaos. It's like not – I don't think it's obvious of what would happen if she says this guy attacked me and I had – we scuffled and uh, Lolly had to kill him. This guy started a couple days ago, if that, and he tried to kill me and I had the bruises around my neck. Someone walked in and found me and I, saved me. I'm not sure that you can bet that the system would side with her. I mean, that's just my, like, analysis of how Alex would feel about it. I don't know what actually would happen, but, you know, you get you get caught up in the system. I think it changes your opinion and what you feel about how justice works and all that stuff. Okay. Brooke can't... Brooke, that's so-so, can go from being the most annoying and privileged character to the best thing ever in one scene. The boombox moment was great. Yeah. Don't say anything. 
Um, I also liked her um, not knowing how to take Judy King because Judy King's joking with her and she didn't laugh. And she's like, oh, I found that there's many people in here who are funny without meaning to be. So I suppress my mirth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He continues that Morello visitation was hot. Was expecting Gloria to have an I'll have what she's having moment one table over. <laughs> and she would have if her son weren't there. Sure, sure. Uh, this next one's from Amy Jaw 89 Thought I would hate Judy King, but so far she's been a really interesting character, a refreshing addition to the dynamic. I like her I a lot. I do hate her. No. Wow. I do. I do. Okay. Well, something that's something we can fight about in a face, couple episodes. The way she smiles, not a fan. I'm enjoying Piper much more so far because her annoying nature is so much more tongue-in-cheek from the writers, and her new cellmate muscle is great too. We talked about that. Thing about Judy King is like if you take her, if you take her story at face value, she came from nothing and built herself into something, which makes her seem like she's a hell of a lot less entitled than you'd expect from a person of her wealth and background. Like she seems a lot more grounded than your average, you know, rich person being thrown into prison kind of situation. Yeah. A few little seeds were planted early on about the backstories for both Crazy Eyes. We didn't get the full story in previous episodes, did we? And her even crazier girlfriend with Caputo looking at her file and being surprised by something. Hope they expound on both. Um, well, no, we never we get that. We never, we never find out why she's in prison. But Susan alluded to the fact that like she did hurt someone. And we've seen... Like I don't think it was anything out of malice. I think it was born of her impulse, poor impulse control. I think Maureen's got some of the same going on. Maybe uh-huh. like a killed her family situation is what I'm I'm laying my could money be. at. Could be because she got pretty scary towards the end in that pretend land. Yeah, she was. You know, she did. Uh, she continues. I'm also worried about Pensatucky. She seems quite rightly like a completely different person since her. Uh, experience with the rapist guard. It was kind of painful to watch her show care for Marisol, who took her only job to be shot down. Who took her only job only to be shot down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that. Dances with Wookie says, well, I have found Piper to be just awful so far this season. At least she's only in about 10% of the story this season. And again, season. I feel like I'm. she's more acceptable because they're, it seems like they're setting her up for comeuppance. Yes. And I will deal with 10% of Piper if it's going to have her end up being schooled. Exactly. And how kind of annoying and insignificant she is. My favorite thing is that new huge prison guard. Is that the same guy who plays the mountain? No, God, no. Uh, Well, if they need to recast him yet again. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be a decent mountain. That scene where he is talking to the new prison guards in front of the cabin and begins to break the ice was hilarious. That guy is so fucking intimidating. Yeah, we didn't talk about how the other thing, the Caputo's brilliant idea, and we didn't talk about the relationship he has with his, this executive. Do you think... I can't tell whether they're on the same page about their relationship. Oh, I think they absolutely are. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're enjoying each other's company Well, yeah, right but I, I, I think he's reading into it a little bit. I mean, the way... Because she keeps on saying us, and but like us is in the sense of the team, and and let's discuss our wins. Where he's like talking us is in relationship. No, no, no. I think you've got that backwards. I yeah, think she's saying us is us. I'm, I'm uh, is I, us. I have a hard time telling when people are flirting with me, etc. So, uh, yeah, uh, I forgot why I even mentioned that. Oh, because that's the other thing we didn't talk about Caputo with the cabins. The fact that they found these old cabins and that jogged his memory and. They're able to clean them up for the COs because yeah. that's a soft benefit they're able to give without actually in lieu of salary. Yeah. 
So everything's being done in the cheap here. <laughs> By the way, when Soso is at the sex offender's house and he and he hands over the newspaper, you should pause it and read the article. It's pretty funny. Did oh, anyone, really? Did you do that? No, hell no. I missed it. I'm I'm critically low on time uh, with this stuff because I'm still doing Penny Dreadful for one more week and Game of Thrones is still in full swing. So it's no time for pauses, no rewinds, just just, do just it. shotgun it, man. Uh, Off the cuff, pew pew. He continues, but can someone tell me why no one has reported the missing prison guard? Why are they not looking for him? Could someone please help me understand this? Wouldn't Alex's former drug boss expect to see him again? I think we fought that, about that. Definitely. And that I feel like that's – I don't understand whether he bullshitted his way with fake ID and a uniform onto the campus or he – because it seemed like that he just got hired and he made a comment about like how shit their screening process was. Oh, yeah. I mean – But I, he could, that could have just like... been – that could have just been shit he was saying to Alex's you know, cold-blooded smack before he killed her too. No, they, re- they accidentally released the wrong prisoner. Yes, that's last also season. true. I think that – yes, they're just bad at things. But I mean do they have paperwork on this so guy? Or they're just so desperate for he... COs that they just took that guy. Yeah, because... a guy in blue pants and a blue shirt shows mm-hmm. up. With... Looks muscular yeah. and, and serious. Yeah, serious. yeah I, I would like to know exactly um, exactly how that, that he that, – that he, yeah, the circumstances of his hiring because they might not even be – he might not be on a record so they don't know he's missing so they're not going to ever look for him. Yeah. Uh, Michelle says, Lori Petty is such a talented actress. There is so much physical acting with the lolly character, and she pulls it off so effortlessly and convincingly. Those glasses are a big help. Right. Like, those glasses really give her that unhinged Dr. Seuss quality that the character needs. She says, uh, liking the Red and Judy interaction. Judy, being a new inmate, should be intimidated by Red, but stood up to her like a boss. Yeah. You know who is irritating me? Morello. By the way, yes. just exactly how young is this dude she married? I don't think he's that young. I think he's just living with his parents, which you can do forever. Yeah, if but they and you so choose. I kind of thought he was in his early thirties, and now when I see him in this season, he does look a lot younger. I like, think he might be in his early thirties. He here's, might be in his early twenties. Here's why I think so: is because he had a faint poster. Above uh, his bed, I and my brother, who is thirty, are big faint fans, and their heyday was a while ago. So uh, that's 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 my thing. Uh-huh. Also, I'm just a very terribly desperate person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really feeling horrible for Pensatucky. It's heartbreaking to watch her slowly crumble. Hoping that guard can't remember his name. Neither can I. Nobody can. Who cares? He's the rapist. Yeah, he's the rapist. I hope he gets what's coming to him. And she finishes by saying, I'm not a fan of Piscadella. No reasons. She just put it out there. Just, uh, <laughs> just, uh. I like Piscatella until he does something. Twist a knife. Until he does something, uh, that I'm sure is going to shock and offend me. But right now, I feel like he's <clears throat> making the best out of a bad situation. Well, here's the thing. I, due to the fact that I watch more TV than I think is really healthy or normal, mm-hmm. um, I recognize small bit characters or. Or people, actors who have played small parts in other things. So when I see, like, when I see a group of inmates walk in and they're all standing there waiting for bunk assignments, I scan the room for faces and I can point out who's probably going to have a bigger scene okay. or part later. Um, when they were doing the break the ice scene, I think that I I, I figured out someone else who's going to be a bigger part. Who? And he's just some blonde dude. Oh, <laughs> Okay. 
But I thought but, it was just going somewhere with Piscatelli. And I, I mean, it Pis- was. I mean, when you have this group of guards together, I think that there's going to be another male guard in that group who might serve as some sort of Piscatella foil. I don't know. I like Piscatella being a good guard. Okay. Maybe he's an asshole. Maybe he shoves Norma. But, I mean, just actually being good. He's the anti-porn stash. He's like, he knows his codes and he knows his books, but he's also, he knows how to de-escalate and wins the proper escalation. And exactly. He doesn't need to compensate for anything because he is this big giant slab of a man. Um, yeah. I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm gets, digging him so he far. He gets to be the same tough badass, but you know, with I, less I, people giving him a guff back about it. I want to see his backstory. I also love the the fact that how um like the Litchfield guys getting sued up in their riot gear and then like the real riot police coming in for a max yes. and like how badass they were. Yeah. Uh that was cool. But yeah, I'd like to see Piscatelli's uh is it Piscatelli? Piscatella. Piscatella's with an uh, S. Piscatella's. Piscatella. No, no, no. It's Piscatella. Yeah, it's Piscatella's now. Piscatella. I want to see his backstory because I bet that's, there's something good about that too. Like Caputo, remember with his wrestling career and him yeah. supporting and his, and his beer his, can and, and yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yes, that might be interesting, or at least seeing his home life. Is he married? Does he have? Uh, what is his deal? Does he have pugs? I bet he has pugs. Mm. All right. That's all I've got. Okay, uh, so that is a perfectly cromulent okay. first episode. We'll be back in a few days with uh, episodes four, Another five, and six. Another perfectly cromulent one. Not sure if it's going to be Pialani on that one or Cecily again, but we will we will figure it out, and we will post it on the baldmove.com website. Of this, mm-hmm. I'm certain mm-hmm. it'll be in mm-hmm. MPEG level three format for I have, your listening uh, enjoyment. Yep, I have threads going on the Facebooks or the uh, forums.baldmove.com for all the episodes. Yeah, so you each can follow thread, at your own pace. Yeah, each thread is for the three episode chunks that we'll be podcasting about. And put your feedbacks there, or you can email us at orange at baldmove.com. And also, uh, you know, I, I do know that we're doing these in groups of three, and they're trying to do two a week. So we should be done in about two and a half weeks. Yes. And the reason we're doing this is we, I think Jim and I have rounded into this after all of our coverage of um, Daredevil, Daredevil House and House of Cards. Like, this seems like the fan consistent best way to do these. To consume, yeah, the, the consume Netflix style content. It gets it out faster, and it's you know it's kind of how people they binge in groups of three, and yeah, so it's a binge. It's a, a it's binge a compromise TV, between full model. coverage and half ass podcasts, and the way people watch it. So yeah. I hope it's not too disappointing, and we're not doing episode by episode coverage. Yeah. All right, so we will be back in a couple days. Uh, send in your feedback, and hope you're enjoying a new season. And we'll see you soon. Great to see you again. I'm Cecily. I'm Aaron. Bye-bye.